Well, hello, and welcome to the Above All, There's Hope podcast. Um, This is Above All, There's Hope, My Journey with Prostate Cancer. I'm Mark Johnson, and I'm here with uh, Jill Johnson. Jill Johnson. You're here with Jill. I'm here with Jill Johnson. Um, So I think this is uh, kind of of ironic. Um, I'm, I'm really not fond of the sound of my voice. Uh, my recorded voice, and I'm uh, afraid of public speaking. So, so here we are. So, um, but this podcast is very important to us. So, uh, who we are and how we got here. Um, again, my name is Mark Johnson, and uh, we're here because we both feel very strongly about uh, working to uh, help. Or, raise awareness for prostate cancer and help those who uh, are going through life with prostate cancer. Um, So that's kind of what our our, uh, goals are. And that's kind of the reason for this podcast. Um, We want to help those that are going through uh, prostate cancer as well as providing support, um, their spouses, meaning their spouses, uh, you know, their personal support, uh, partner, family, friends, et cetera, who are, who are working at that. And to let people know, um, going back to the title, is that there's always hope. That's kind of been uh, it for me from the very beginning. Um, and as well, provide information about prostate cancer that um, you might not know. Um, so, Jill, did you have anything that you wanted to add? Yeah, so I loved the intro music. I was dancing in my chair here in the <laughs> office. Um, prostate cancer is something that we knew nothing about until Mark got diagnosed, even before he got diagnosed and they were testing him for prostate cancer. We were totally ignorant Um of it. And what I would like to add is that I think it's really important for us to help those that are newly diagnosed because those are the ones that really don't understand exactly what's going on. So that's, I guess, what I have to add. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and the, the, the good news, if there is any good news about uh, cancer, is that um, it is pretty treatable and people can live a good life after prostate cancer. I've had uh, my prostate cancer for uh, going on 10 years now, um, and uh, I've, I've held a full-time job uh, up until just recently and um, uh, you know enjoyed things in, in my life. One of the things that my doctor, uh, my doctors <laughs> have said is that uh, it's probably the way to think of prostate cancer is is actually a chronic illness and something that um, I'll be living with for a long time, um, nine years and counting for me, for us. Um, and and while I know that cancer in any form uh, is, is an insidious disease, um, uh, for me, I, I, I kind of liken it... Uh, to the, the old Beatles song, The Long and Winding Road. And mm. to save everybody, I'm not going to bust out in tune just because um, 
it's you know it's probably he something. can't sing yeah well, well there is that yeah <laughs> uh so um uh so yeah and and so those are some of some of the things that we'll we'll be discussing here um you know some other things uh, uh like um for us for me uh prostate cancer and and i think for for many people prostate cancer uh, really does fly under the radar. Um, it it is does not have the notoriety, for example, that uh, breast cancer would have. And one of the things that was very important to me was to actually start this podcast in September, which is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. Um, sometimes on uh, cancer calendars cancer awareness calendars it's not even in indicated other other cancers might be uh, uh, in the September month but you wouldn't see prostate cancer and uh, other times it just might might be mixed in or even confused with um, men's mental health month which is June or men's health awareness month which is November, and that's also known as Movember to Movember to many, where um, uh, men will typically grow mustaches. Uh, women might too, but uh, that's another story, and mm. we're not here to talk about that, I guess. Um, so, just a little bit about us, about me, about us. Uh, my uh, initial experience. Uh, was with a, a doctor, my long-term primary care doctor uh, in California when I was about 50-ish. And this is a, a sore topic to Jill. Uh, when, when I was about 50-ish, I, I turned about 50-ish and I asked my doctor, uh, what about prostate cancer and is there anything uh, we need to do? And he, uh, he said, eh, mm, nah. The thing about prostate cancer is that it... Um, it generally uh, is not aggressive. It generally um, doesn't grow very quickly, and that. Uh, and this is one of the uh, facts uh, that we'll be reviewing uh, probably multiple times throughout uh, other episodes in this podcast. Is that, um, in fact, every man on the planet. Uh, will have prostate cancer uh, as as he uh, gets older in age. Um, uh, and it won't be the thing that usually uh, he passes away from uh, because it's typically so non-aggressive and so slow moving as you know as cancers go. Um, so there was a great deal of controversy in the medical community at that point. Uh, about testing for prostate cancer because the only way to really test for prostate cancer is actually do a biopsy. And doing a biopsy could sometimes lead to more harm than good. Um, I actually had a friend that wound up in the hospital for five days as a result of a biopsy, and everything was fine other than he had the biopsy. So... Uh, a lot of doctors were were initially uh, the word cancer set everybody off, so they would test and do biopsies and things like that. And people's lives were being uh, 
altered, not for the good, um, because of the biopsies. Um, they were uh, um, made sterile or incontinent uh, just as a result of biopsy or, like I said, winding up in the hospital for multiple days. So uh, they started backing off uh, as they realized that prostate cancer was uh, typically not aggressive and not prostate. But um, I don't know. Did I mention that it's as prevalent in men, though prostate cancer is as prevalent in men as breast cancer is in women? Did I mention that, Jill? No. Okay. Well, that's one of the facts is that uh, prostate cancer is as prevalent in men as breast cancer is in women, but um, you don't get the kind of notoriety that um, for for prostate cancer that you will get next month uh, in in um, uh, August September or October <laughs> October uh, for breast cancer awareness month you know we'll see pink everywhere um, so uh, I think that um, that's one of the reasons why we're here we want we want that to um, that message to get across and to really help raise awareness. So, um, so I went through that thing in my uh, early fifties with my doctor in California. Then um, Jill and I had the good fortune to meet and ultimately get married. Um, And we moved uh, here to central Florida. And in the course of the move, of course, we had to get a new primary care uh, physician and uh, I guess in the South, the attitude uh, was probably a little bit different. And as a standard operating procedure, they uh, ran a PSA test on me. And it came up uh, a little higher, and that's what she said. She, she, <laughs> actually, we were, we were driving uh, someplace, I can't remember where, and my phone rang, and it was a doctor's office. And they said, uh, Mark, we'd like you to come in. There's some things after your physical that we'd like to discuss with you. And I said, okay. And Jill said, well, what about me? And they said, oh, oh, she's fine. <laughs> and it was like, oh, so at least that's what I said. So uh, we went in and that's when she told me that the my PSA, which is a, a basic indicator of, of um, prostate health, uh, prostate specific antigen is what it stands for. Uh, she said that was a little bit higher than what they like to see, and it was uh, seven point something. I don't remember exactly, but it was seven point something. Um, so she referred me to, and this was when I was around 56 and in the year 2012. So she referred me to a urologist who said, uh, who said it's actually a lot higher than we'd like to see, um, and, and at that point ordered a biopsy. Uh, so uh, he ordered the biopsy. I went in, and um, I had had a conversation with my brother, uh, who has. Uh, I hope he doesn't mind me giving away his health information, but he has uh, an enlarged prostate, and so he said, "Oh, you, uh, I, yeah, I had that. I'll, you'll go in, and they'll do the the biopsy, and and everything will be fine." And so I went into the biopsy. And the results of the biopsy came back, and everything wasn't fine. And uh, I went, well, ha-ha, I, I, I lose this one. 
you know, because I have prostate cancer. And, uh, and, and so we learned that it was uh, actually out of the norm. It was advanced and it was aggressive. Um, so our, our, our doctor uh, said, okay, you're not in any immediate danger, but you, you, you have to move on this. Um, so we, we uh, uh, you know, at that point we're like deers in the headlights and, and uh, it was, it was a, a very scary moment uh, for both of us. Excuse um, me. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, what, he, what he has neglected to tell you is I was so upset with his doctor in California because when he got diagnosed with this cancer, our urologist said this wasn't a new cancer. You've probably had it for 10 years. And I was so upset that that doctor in California didn't catch him, catch this, because this was very advanced prostate cancer for Mark. And they could have stopped it 10 years ago. They could have done something about it then. Or 10 years before. Yes, yeah. 10 years before, and it wouldn't have been so... Um, Aggressive, I guess. Well, it would, yeah, it would have been caught earlier, yeah. I think. So, yeah, that was that was kind of a, a bummer, I guess. Um, I'm still mad at that doctor. Yeah, and I, still I know want you to are. Call him. I know you do. So anyway, um, uh, the doctor uh, did the uh, uh, did the biopsy and said probably about fifty percent of my prostate was uh, uh, cancerous. And that, uh, you know, we, like I said, we needed to move on it. So what he said was, I will refer you to uh, a couple of different doctors who have different treatment methodologies because that was one of the questions, how do we treat it? And he said, um, I know what I would, I would do, but I'm going to let you make that decision. Uh, and then we'll talk about it afterwards after you've made your decision. So he referred us to a, um, a surgeon, and he referred us to, a, uh, I guess, a radiation oncologist. And so he, um, we set up appointments and went to visit each one and uh, talked to each of the doctors. And the, the surgeon basically would, would cut it out and... Uh, me, my background is actually in technology, um, and so I, I really uh, am enthused with technology. And the the whole thought thought and process of the robotic surgery was really interesting to me. Uh, how it works, and uh, we'll probably be talking about that at a at a later episode. So that was kind of cool in my mind, and something that I wanted to do. And first and foremost. Um, it would get it out of me. It would get the cancer out of me and as far away from me as possible. Uh, the other option was was radiation of some sort. It could have been uh, seeds, and I know many people use the seeds, or it could have been, uh, you know, they direct beams, focused beams of radiation at you um, at that general area and um, and treat it that way. Uh, however, one of the things that we kind of learned uh, uh, in that process was that 
and I guess the, the surgeon had told us is that uh, if you choose radiation in any form and uh, there are complications, the cancer comes back or something like that, uh, it's actually harder to perform surgery uh, on an irradiated prostate because it's, it's, uh, it's very scarred, so it's harder to actually get it out. Uh, the surgery is a lot more, uh, re- requires a lot more precision and, and, uh, and care. So, um, so we opted for the, the surgery. Um, we were very lucky. We, we got a, um, an incredible surgeon uh, who is very, very highly regarded in the, in the world of prostate cancer surgery. Um, and, and he, he, uh, he took the, you know, the cancerous prostate out and, uh, uh, unfortunately for, for me, um, the PSA went way down. Um, and that's actually why the PSA test was invented. It was invented, uh, to detect the recurrence of prostate cancer in people who have had uh, prostate cancer treatment, um, so not necessarily to detect prostate cancer. Um, so, he, so uh, at that point, then they recommended the uh, follow-up radiation, uh, and uh, dishearteningly, they call it salvage radiation, uh, which was kind of uh, that's like okay, and it it was it was kind of disheartening to I think to both of us, um, but we went back for the treatment for the uh, radiation, and uh, I did that over the course of a few months. Every uh, every two or three days, I'd go in and lie on a, a platform, and they would um, irradiate my. Uh, the area where my prostate was uh, to hopefully kill any remaining cancer cells. Uh, so they did that um, for a few months, and then the subsequent PSA uh, was uh, undetectable, which is the thing that everybody is going for at that point. Um, and it was like, yay, hooray, we, we, we finally got this thing beat. Uh, but then ultimately, slowly, uh, the PSA started rising again. And uh, I saw it, my doctor saw it, uh, and I would go for a PSA test uh, every three months, which uh, uh, in, self, in, in and of itself was a little bit anxiety-ridden as you watch your PSA rise. Uh, and... Um, and that's that's been kind of where we are over this past uh, nine year period. And and so I I asked him. I said, "Well, my PSA is slowly rising again," and he would say, "Well, technically, it's still undetectable. Uh, and when it gets to the point that is detectable, and I can't remember what that number is, uh, but I'll I'll get that in a subsequent podcast or post it on the on our website." Um, then we'll know. And so uh, we basically watched the PSA rise over the past nine years. Um, and, uh, and he said, when, you know, when we know, we'll know. And, and that's a very common occurrence. You know, when you know, you know. Um, 
And at the tail end of 2021, uh, I went in for some scans uh, and they saw something in the scans and they had taken a PSA and my PSA uh, score jumped. It basically doubled. It's still pretty low, but it doubled. And he said, okay, so now's the time. Uh, and so that's kind of where we are at this point uh, in, in the journey. Uh, we started a, a, a new treatment, uh, which, uh, you know, uh, still allows me a fairly productive life, uh, although it's not without its um, uh, side effects. Uh, but that was also the, the point uh, at the start of 2022 where uh, Jill and I said, okay, time to retire. <laughs> Let's uh, let's enjoy life. Let's let's have a uh, let's have a good time together uh, in whatever time we have left. Um, all of my doctors have uh, pretty much said that you've got you've got a number of good years ahead of you. So I'm I'm taking them um, at their word. So that's kind of where we are now today. Um, so the, this podcast. Uh, we're going to do this uh, once or twice a month. And uh, along the way, we'll uh, talk about some of the treatment options uh, that we uh, that there are out there, um, potential side effects, uh, touchy and personal subjects such as incontinence, infertility, hot flashes, which, which is happening to me right now, um, and learn about other people with prostate cancer and, and uh, all, all things prostate cancerish. Um, and, and as Jill will acknowledge, uh, a lot of what I'm going to talk about here is going to be more uh, info about my journey, more personal info uh, than I've discussed previously. I'm, I'm typically a pretty private person, but I, I thought that through the vehicle of this podcast, um, I should really, uh, <laughs> okay, let it all hang out. Uh, and she'll also tell you, if you look on our website, uh, that uh, I'm very punny. So um, so it, it, at this point, uh, it's, been, it's been great. Uh, well, it hasn't been great. It's, you know, who's, what's great about cancer. So my journey so far has been, been filled with changes to my routines, lots of doctor's visits, uh, occasional anx anxiety or anxiousness, new routines, procedures, processes, more doctor's visits. Um, but above all, uh, there's always been hope. Uh, and that's kind of one of the things that I've, I've said. And um, my, my two sayings are, uh, uh, and you'll see this in a video on the website, uh, any day where I'm uh, above ground and upright is a good day. And uh, be strong and persevere, because as as I said earlier, um, we all know cancer in any form to be an insidious uh, disease, and it's a strong. Uh, it's it's something that uh, some people uh, don't survive, frankly, and it's and uh, the best way that I can I can say is as you're going through cancer, um, be strong and persevere, because. Uh, if you if you do that, then then at least you can uh, live out your life in, in a good way, and that's my that's my personal opinion. So, 
um, uh, just some other things to uh, talk about here. Uh, I mentioned our website a couple of times, and that is www.aboveallhope.com. That's www.aboveallhope.com. And uh, one of the things that we've decided, uh, well, actually Jill decided, uh, that uh, as part of this podcast, we'll, we'll have a segment uh, which is called The Last Word. And so guess who gets to have the last word? The woman. <laughs> so, Jill, you have, the, you have the mic. I'm not exactly ready for the last word yet. I'm, um, I'm still thinking about um, who we are and how this has, has changed us. Prostate cancer was definitely not in our plans, and Mark really doesn't like change. He likes everything to be the same. He likes everything predictable, and, um, you know, he likes to know what's going to happen and how it's going to work out, and it has not been that way. Prostate cancer has not been that way. Um, the thing about prostate cancer is, and I, I don't think he said this, is it's not likely to kill you. You're likely to die from something else. Even Mark is likely to die from something beside, besides prostate cancer. It could be diabetes, could be stroke, could be heart attack. I mean, whatever people die from, car, car accident or whatever. Um, prostate cancer isn't likely to be your cause of death. So, I mean, that gives us great hope. The other thing is, um, when we came into this, as a woman and as um, a wife, we were kind of left out of the equation and not informed about what was going to happen with our men. And... um, You know, that's kind of where I've been passionate about prostate cancer. The mood changes, the emotional changes, just the heartbreak of being diagnosed with cancer. Those type of things are things that I would like to talk about. The change in in sex life and bathrooming habits. um, Just things like that that he didn't know, but I certainly didn't know. Um, so for the last word, I would like to say, be strong and persevere. This isn't, this isn't the final word. Prostate cancer is not the final word. And there's still life ahead. Mark um, will attest to the fact that we've been on many vacations, many trips. We've done all kinds of things. We have a lot of company. We, we entertain. We cook. We actually just got back from a trip out to California for a week, and we stayed with three different in three different households with friends and family. And the week later, we went off to Italy. So I mean, we have still enjoyed our life and done life and worked and have carried on. So just be strong and persevere. Um, the other thing is. Mark and I are Christians, and we want to be able to pray for you if, if that's something you're interested in. That's been um, a big part of how we've stayed on the hope side of this, how we've, 
we have our hope in God, and we just trust God for how our life is going to play out. So I wanted to be sure to say that. Um, Yeah, so I'm Jill Johnson, and I'm walking through this walk with prostate cancer with my husband, Mark Johnson. Talk to you next time.